Welcome to episode 50 of the Shanna Plan. Episode 50, Akash, we've been doing this for a while, man. How you doing? Fantastic, Kyle. And yeah, congratulations to you on 50 episodes. We're almost approaching a year since we started the Shanna Plan. Thank you to everyone that has listened for the last 49 episodes and continue to subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. And we just appreciate you sticking with us for 50 episodes. So when we recorded last week, we were under the interpretation that the 49ers would begin their training camp practice on Saturday. Then they bumped that practice up to Wednesday, and we are recording this on Wednesday. The 49ers are scheduled to take the practice field in exactly an hour from now. But Trey Lance, which was one of the worries, like because he hadn't signed and people were you know, we're wondering if this was going to linger, if this is going to stretch into training camp. This is going to be something that we'd have to talk about every day. But that is no longer a problem. Trey Lance is officially a 49er. He signed his contract on Wednesday morning, fully guaranteed $34.1 million, $22 million signing bonus. He will have a cap hit in 2021 of $6.2 million. So, um, we're here. No excuses. He gets to take the practice field in an hour, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that's out of the way. What were, what were your initial takeaways from Lance signing deal? Yeah, coming into yesterday, you knew that the deadline for Trey Lance signing his contract was at 10.17 a.m. A weird practice start time, but that's when they're starting this morning, 10.17 uh, a.m. Pacific. And so Trey Lance, as of I think a couple hours ago, officially signed his contract. I heard they you know, came to terms uh, last night. And he officially put uh, pen to paper this morning. Uh, it's a standard, you know, contract. The rookie contracts are fixed amounts, right? $34.1 million total, $22.1 million in a signing bonus. Uh, I think the biggest holdup, which a lot of people have DM me and asked, is like, why isn't he signed? Typically, it's the payout structure of that signing bonus. Uh, is it up front? Is it in the first 15 days? Is it paid out over the first year? Um, and I think my guess is that's the holdup. And, his agent, Tom Condon, is a high-level guy, works for CAA, has represented Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, some big-time names. So I'm sure it was a high-level negotiation and went right down to the wire. But at the end of the day, Trey Lance is under contract. He's going to be at practice in an hour. He's going to be competing with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's all that matters if you're a 49ers fan. It is, man. Get him on the practice field. That way he doesn't fall behind. That way he doesn't lose any reps because the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, said there is no – quarterback competition and naturally you know we took that and ran with it because why would there be a quarterback competition when you drafted a quarterback third overall but he and you know we we left and when I say we I mean the media we left some some key quotes about what Shanahan actually said so um, he was very adamant when he meant that you know there's no competition but Kyle said Trey has seven practices with us. He's had seven practices with us. I haven't seen him in 40 days. And I wonder how much of that was just that Lance wasn't signed at the time. So everything made sense. You're not going to put a guy with the starters. And to be clear, he did take some reps with the starters during OTAs during seven on seven. But um, he just hasn't had enough experience to be able to throw him in there with the starters. So at this very moment, of course, he's not the starter. And Shanahan continued on by saying, so I'm not thinking about that right now. Just having Jimmy, he's our starter. So, yeah, of course. And then he also mentioned that, you know, we're going to give these guys every opportunity to improve. And if someone ever looks like they give us a better chance to win, we'll make that decision. I feel like that is far more important than saying, you know, Jimmy's not or Trey's not going to compete. There's not an open competition. So that sounds good, you know, when you can tweet those things. But 
I mean, we've heard Kyle Shannon's. He went on Michael Irvin's podcast and said there's going to be an open competition. So um, it's believe what you hear is what, you know, uh, Sports Illustrated Grant Cohen said. Believe what you hear, not what you see. And I actually agree with that 100% because today Trey Lance probably not going to be with the starters. What we need to keep an eye on is how that changes as training camp progresses. Will Trey Lance continue to work with the starters like 10, 20 percent of the time or as that gradually progresses, will that number jump up and will he be splitting reps by a certain time or will it be Jimmy's show the whole way? So that is far more important than whatever Shanahan says at this current time. Right. Kyle Shanahan is, you know, Pete Kyle Shanahan in his answer, right? Gives you a little bit of everything, but doesn't really say anything. And that's kind of the takeaway from that quote. Um, I do think uh, that Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo have a competition, but as of right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is the lead dog in that race. And that makes sense, right? He's been the starter. He's been here for four years, taking the team to Super Bowl. Trey Lance has had 40 days with the team. So Kyle Shanahan isn't going to anoint Trey Lance this early into the process and you just let it play out. And I think fans, especially on social media, are always quick to react and take a little tidbit and just run with it but that's never the case and we've been talking about this for months it's going to be a competition and now it's up to trey lance to see if he can prove why he deserves to be the starting quarterback for this team and earn his spot on the field uh enough about all the presser quotes and everything that's said now it's time to go out and, and show why you know he deserved to be taken number three overall and why he deserves to compete for the starting quarterback position for this team and we'll find out what happens i don't think anyone really knows uh, what to expect when it comes to this competition. I think that's what makes it so fun and fascinating too, just because, I mean, history would suggest based on how he practices, Jimmy does not practice well, but now he has players to throw to. Now he has much better supporting cast, so he should be improved. And then you have the rookie who's not used to the NFL speed. He's not used to NFL coverages. So we'll see what Trey Lance brings to the table. We'll see how long it takes him to get acclimated. Um, but he's a special talent and there's a reason that he went this high. So, you won't be able to hide. You won't be able to just rely on coach speak because we'll be able to see them play football and you can't, you know, ignore turnovers. You can't ignore special plays even. So if it's Jimmy making all these plays, we will have like a substantial reason or tangible reasons to say, yeah, he should be the starter because he's making play this, play that, play this. Whereas if Lance is doing the same thing, we'll be able to say that about him. So I think that's going to be fun just to be able to not rely on words and, know focus on actual football so speaking of actual football uh three big injuries that you know will have a big effect on the 49ers Nick Bosa Jalen Hurd D Ford they all pass their physicals and they will all be able to take the practice field right away don't expect them to see in team drills during the first week of training camp Kyle Shanahan said they're going to be eased in but that's a big deal because especially with Ford um John Lynch said general manager John Lynch of course he said that the team is taking a cautiously optimistic approach and they feel like, you know, they they kind of have his injury figured out. He's been around the team. He's been in, you know, working out. And then as far as Nick Bosa, he actually, Matt Burrows from The Athletic reported that, you know, he's actually gotten faster in some of his testing. And then with Jalen Hurd, you know, it's just been, <laughs> I imagine he's been in bubble wrap this whole time and uh, they're going to, you know, put him out there when he's ready, kind of ease him in as well. But those three have a chance to contribute, you know, wide receiver three for four or for Hurd. D Ford, even if he doesn't start, that's, you know, going to be the pass rusher on obvious passing downs. And then that Nick Bosa guy, who's probably going to be the best player on the team and one of the best players in the NFL, getting him back 
won't hurt either. So uh, what was your takeaway from the news on those three? Finally, some positive injury news for this team. Uh, let's right. start with D Ford. I think everyone expects that whatever he does on the field, it's going to be found money because you didn't, ex- you didn't think that D Ford would even return to the team. Uh, a lot of people thought he would step away or just be released uh, just because of his contract, but they reworked it. He's back for the season and he passes physical, which is huge. And I think they're going to keep his workload light during this training camp process and make sure that he's just ready to go for the season. He's going to be on the Kawhi Leonard uh, load management plan probably for this season. Uh, you know, uh, being really fresh, hopefully for the end of the season and just seeing what he can contribute on the field. Then you move to Jalen Hurd. Obviously, as we know, there's competition at the third wide receiver spot. Jalen Hurd, former third round pick. Can he really step up and be the big slot wide receiver that Kyle Shanahan's been looking for? George Kittle was asked if, you know, he would be open if if Jalen Hurd were moved to be a tight end. And that could be kind of interesting. I think Jalen Hurd's just a big chess piece in this offense. If he can just stay healthy and on the field, that would be massive. Uh, and then the last guy's Nick Bosa. It's pretty clear and simple. When 97's on the field, he freaking dominates. He just needs to be on the field, needs to be healthy. Sounds like, you know, based on the videos he's posted, based on what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are saying, sounds like he's healthy, ready to go. And like I said, all the 49ers need is 97 to be on the field come week one. I think when you hear players talk about Hurd, you can see why fans are so high on him. So Jimmy had Jimmy Garoppolo had some great things to say about him when he last spoke to the media and George Kittle spoke to the media and was asked about Jalen Hurd possibly contributing at tight end. And Kittle said, you know, if he wants to play tight end, we'll make room for him because he can do whatever he wants to on the football field. And we just have those little, you know, preseason games to go by. But these guys have seen him in practice. They know what he can do. They know his athleticism. So that type of size, his type of athleticism is exactly what the 49ers are probably missing in the middle of the field. So you have Kittle and Hurd. And then on the outside, of course, you have Samuel and Ayuk. So they have weapons, man, and they have an improved offensive line. The ceiling for this offense is going to be through the roof. And unfortunately, um, they did not get, it's just segueing to the injury, back to the injury news. They didn't get all good injury news. So Jaquiski Tart was, he was possible to go on the pup list, but he actually passed his physical on Tuesday. So he's good to go. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to, you know, be out there right away. Kyle Shannon did say that he is happy with where the safety room stands at the moment. He actually said there's a couple of guys that we don't know about. So I'm wondering who he could be referring to there. But, you know, bringing in Tony Jefferson was a big deal. And he mentioned that. So they'll be able to slide a veteran right in there. And then, you know, the younger guys will get a chance to work. But Emmanuel Mosley did what he was placed on the reserve COVID list. Um, I don't know how long he will miss, but I do know that the Giants first round pick, Carteris Tony, went on the COVID reserve list on July 22nd, and he was activated on Tuesday. So he missed five days. Um, I guess, you know, obviously you want Mo- you don't want Mosley missing a ton of time because he is a starter. And that would mean the ghost of Dante Johnson is the current starter until obviously, you know, Don- um, Ambry Thomas or Diamador Lenore were able to beat him out. But uh, yeah, Mosley was a little bit of a surprise. And, uh, you know, hopefully that is something that gets solved sooner than later. Right. First on Kwaski Tart. So he suffered his turf toe late November last season, right? In 2020, and he missed some time. And we're, what, nine months after that? Eight months after that, and he's still dealing with the toe injury? Sounds pretty crazy. You never think turf toe would linger this far, but clearly it's still bothering him enough to the fact that they almost put him on 
the, the PUP list, right? So uh, hopefully he's all right. But like John Lynch mentioned, safety is one of the positions they're pretty deep at, especially on defense. Uh, they added, you know, veteran Tony Jefferson, who I think could be, who could fill in nicely in that spot. Uh, then they drafted Talano Hufanga, obviously, uh, on day three. Another player that they, you know, expect highly from. You've always got <laughs> the reliable Marcel Harris to step in if needed. Uh, there's some names there uh, if, if Kwaski Tart does go down. But hopefully he does stay healthy. And I know Jimmy Ward, when he spoke um, yesterday with the media, he, he spoke highly of just a safety duo and was expecting high things, especially from a turnover standpoint. And just having those two guys back there healthy, improving their chemistry together on the field is only going to do wonders for this uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense. Just back at the injuries, the Emmanuel Rosie one obviously isn't an injury, but it depends, I think, on if he's vaccinated or not. That'll kind of determine how long he's on the COVID list. Obviously, we don't know if he is or is he isn't, but hopefully he doesn't miss much time uh, and he's back on the field as soon as possible. Because uh, like I mentioned, he has a lot to earn this training camp as well. He can lock down that starting job, put Dante, you know, Johnson, Lenoir, and Ambry Thomas, you know, uh, kind of on the depth chart and just make sure that Mosley starts opposite of Jason Brett. But looks like he's starting by him the eight ball there uh, as he's already on the COVID list. And then the other two guys that we expected to go on the PUP list, uh, Jeff Wilson, uh, obviously with the knee injury, and then Tarverius Moore with the Achilles. And it's nuts because it sounded like Tarverius Moore might return this season, which originally when he got injured earlier, um, we thought that just, that just wasn't a possibility given the timeline for an Achilles um, recovery. But when you're a freak athlete like Tarverius Moore, you tend to recover from these injuries quickly. So those two guys are obviously important to the 49ers' depth, uh, different positions. And hopefully they can just continue to get healthy and we keep the pup list at just two players and the team can just stay healthy and whole this season. I get a little sad every time we, we have to mention Tarverius more because I really just like him playing. I know he plays really hard and he's a young dude and you want those young guys to develop and get a chance. So, you know, missing a season is pretty painful, especially in a contract year, man. That's that's the worst part. But, you know, I, I do hope he is able to return and, you know, if he can come back in December and they're in the playoff hunt, that would be a lovely. So Jimmy Ward, um, and just we're talking about cornerbacks and defensive backs in general. Does it matter if Mosley or Thomas are out there? Because Jimmy Ward said, talking about the defensive line, they're really nice. It gives me vibes of 2019. I hate backtracking, but I'm just trying to make a good comparison. I think they're going to have their own identity. They're going to be a great unit. So if Bosa is healthy like we think he is, and if, 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 Ford is able to do anything, if he's if D Ford is on the field alone, that is a, a giant win for the 49ers. So they're able to have Bosa on one end, they're able to have Ford on the other end, and then you can possibly bring Samson Ebicom from wherever it is you want to. And then, of course, you have Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, assuming they're going to be the defensive tackles in this passing situation. That is going to be tough for anybody to block. So I think the the you know, concentrating on who is at cornerback. You know, you have Jason Red who played like an all pro last year and you just need competent play at the other cornerback position. Basically, uh, who, who was the, the Dolphins guy, the guy who got, who gave up 19 touchdowns against the Dolphins. Brian Allen, Brian Allen. There it is. Just basically don't be Brian Allen. And He's probably at home like us right now. <laughs> right, right. Don't and they'll be good. So I think that was a that was a good comparison because the 49ers defensive line, they can be that um, lethal because not even the starters you have 
Zach Kerr, who I think is going to surprise some people. I think DJ Jones is, is just naturally underrated because he's not flashy, but he wins and he's strong like bull. And then you have Maurice Hurst. Uh, they, they, they can go 10 deep on the line. Kevin Givens, of course. Um, yeah, I think the defense line is going to be the reason and even the offensive line as well. I think just the 49ers in the trenches, um, they are so much improved from a year ago and that will they'll be able to get back to playing a little bully ball on both sides. Agreed. That was the strength of the team in 2019. And last season, obviously, you have guys, uh, you know, off the street, basically rushing the passer from the edge. And this season, now you get Nick Bosa back, you maybe get the forward back. You obviously add Arden Key to the mix. You had Mo Hurst on the inside, Zach Kurd. You got DJ Jones back, Javon Kinlai year two. And all of a sudden, this unit looks extremely deep. Uh, obviously, they're a little, they're still a little thin on the edge, I think, uh, right? Because Ebukam really hasn't rushed the passer full time from the edge. You don't know what you're getting from D Ford. And then the depth kind of drops off there. But still, if 97's on the field, if 99 can dominate, if you get, if you can just keep 91 on the inside, all of a sudden, this defensive line looks good. You get Fred Warner playing fast behind, and everyone just plays with a ton of confidence. And this defense can have 2019 vibes, right? That defense was historically good. It's going to be hard to replicate, but they'll be better than they were last year. And they were a top six defense last season uh, per DVOA. So I only expect good things uh, from this team as long as they can stay healthy. Yeah, they're basically seventh in, seventh or better in every category but uh Trent Williams spoke it well Trent Williams Jimmy Ward George Kittle all of these guys spoke to the media on Tuesday Kittle made jokes as he always does he's hilarious he said that the 49ers I mean their expectation is to make the Super Bowl and you know it seems like we're trying to pit Jimmy versus uh Trey forgot his name for a second Trey Lance the 49ers quarterback uh it seems like we're trying to pit those two against each other but Based on the questions that they're getting, I'm, I'm pretty sure the players are kind of fed up with this talk. So uh, Trent Williams, he went out of his way to just say the players respect Jimmy Garoppolo because of how he played through an injury. And he went as far to say that Jimmy's ankle was uh, basically snapped off um, yesterday or yesterday, last year. And to know, knowing that, knowing that he fought through the injuries that he fought through, knowing that, you know, he's still willing to go out and compete with his teammates. That's what the players you know, notice that's what the players are going to gravitate towards. Not so much his performance, but the fact that he's willing to do that. But um, Trent Williams did say, you guys have to make your stories. Yeah, fans want to hear about stuff like that. But inside the building, it's more cut and dry. It's just guys learning. And that's pretty much how it goes. So he said, Jimmy's a starter and Trey's going to learn. And that's that. So um, it, it is cut and dry. And I think we ha- we probably have been making too big of a deal about this. But outside of that, what, what are some other training camp battles that you're looking forward to because we have some some good ones and it's we have running back there's cornerback obviously and especially if uh mosley's gonna miss some time but there there are a bunch of them ones which ones are you looking forward to the most yeah i think the most common ones that people always bring up are obviously at corner what happens at that you know corner spot if maybe mosley misses time third wide receiver spot do they stick with Jalen Hurd? Do they go Travis Benjamin or Mohamed Sanu? Or do they go River Currycraft, Richie James? There's a bunch of different routes they can go at that position. Running back, does Trey Sermon position himself to eventually be the starting running back on this team? Does he grasp hold of that backup spot immediately? How does Elijah Mitchell kind of fit into that mold? Because clearly they drafted him pretty high as well. Uh, and then at, you know, along the offensive line, 
right guard, can Aaron Banks take a hold of that position? Or if he take if he's a little slow to develop, who kind of steps up there? And, and then at linebacker, right? Uh, you know, who fills in a depth there behind Fred Warner? Obviously, you got Dre Greenlaw. Does Aziz El Shire take a next step? We personally think Dre Greenlaw, Aziz El Shire closer than maybe fans think uh, in terms of their play. Uh, does Demetri- Demetrius Flanagan fold maybe take a step up? I know the team was high on him last season. So I think there's roster battles at uh, different positions and everyone just seems to be caught up on the quarterback. But I think for the team as a whole, there's a lot more interesting ones, I think, um, that just don't get as much attention. Yeah, there, there are a bunch of established starters, but there are also a good portion of battles that will play itself out during training camp. And your yeah, linebacker is a pretty interesting one because you have Greenlaw, you have Warner, but then after that, it's like a free-for-all, may the best man win, may the best special teamer win. And I think with some of these battles, uh, they could go into the season, and I think wide receiver is a big one, whether that's Hurd, Richie James, or you know they're going to probably let – It'll be based on the play, based on the specific offensive play. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, running back is a sneaky one because, you know, we have, there is Raheem Mostert. But, you know, how much of the bulk will Trey Sermon receive? How much? Because we know he's going to play, but how much he plays will be dependent on him. Is Elijah Mitchell going to be just because he's a draft pick? Will he make the team? Like, does Jermichael Hasty take a step up? Will it be Wayne Gallman since he has the experience? So. Um, and then going back to the defensive line, who earns the most reps there? Uh, is somebody going to beat out Kevin Givens? Is Kevin Givens going to make it impossible for D'Amico Ryans to leave him off the field? You can go down the list, down the line. So uh, th- this is a stacked team, and I think that's why it's easy to be so high on them. Um, I did. I went over some some questions um, on Niners Nation, and let's talk about those. So um, six questions before the team takes training camp. And, you know, kind of do this every year just to see, just to preview where the team is at. So the first one is just over under 10 and a half wins. I think that they're probably, they're going to go over. I think their ceiling is probably 13, but it's, it's more than likely that they win like 11 games. Where, where are you at with that? I'm pretty comfortable with the over as long as they're one of their two quarterbacks stay healthy. Um, I do think that they don't get over 12 personally. I mean, 17 game schedule, they have a fourth place schedule, uh, which should be in their favor, but there's enough difficult games peppered in there. And I imagine they'll be at a point where Trey Lance takes over and you never know how that's going to look. So I'd say 11, 12 wins. Um, The interesting thing is, do they win the division? Do they make a wild card spot? I think that's more interesting than exactly what what win total they hit. I do think they're going to be good though. Let's put you on the spot then. So, I do think they are going to make the wild card. I have a hard time thinking that they will get the number one seed just because there is only one number one seed and uh, that's the only way you get a buy. So make saying that they're not going to get a number one seed isn't like a detriment to them at all. They could be like a great team. They could be the second best team in the NFL and still not have the number one seed in the NF, um, in the NFC. So um, I'm going to go wild card. Where do you where do you have? I'd go wild card too. I'm just not betting against Matt Safford and Sean McVay despite what their roster looks like. Yeah, they, they have some holes, but they, they, they are really good on defense and they have an upgrade at quarterback. All right. Next question. And this is, you know, pretty simple rookie that you, I'm most excited about. I don't know how it's not Trey Lance. And what Kyle Shannon was asked about packages, and he said that they really don't have to practice running because that just kind of happens naturally, organically. And you saw during his college tape that Lance just kind of runs on his own. So that was pretty interesting to me where it comes down to, you know, how is he as a passer? 
if he's ready to, you know, if he is capable of throwing the ball, if he shows that, you know, he's close to Jimmy, then I think we'll start to hear, you know, the whispers and we'll see more and more series for Lance, not so much packages where it's like wildcat and whatnot. And I think that's where people are confusing the two, but um, it, it has to be Trey Lance. And I guess the only question is how soon does he play and how much is he playing? So I, Trey Lance is the easy answer. I, I am the most excited to see him play. I'm also really excited to see what Trey Sermon does. Um, just because I, I think when I hear Trey Sermon, you, you're probably the same. You think of that Ohio State Northwestern Big Ten Championship game where he dominated. And I think he had a two-game stretch where he had like 300 yards apiece, I want to say. And, and so I'm fascinated to see what he brings to in this offense, um, especially because when Bobby Turner – goes out, picks a running back. I know they whiffed with Joe Williams, but you think when they draft a running back high that that player is going to be good. And again, uh, Raheem Mostert hasn't been, you know, healthy uh, for a full 16-game schedule uh, in a while. And so you'd hope that um, Trey Sermon is ready to go in the event that does happen. So I'm also excited to see what he brings to the field um, aside from Trey Lance, of course, uh, because he's, you know, He's the main. He's the main show, but I'm also I'm also fascinated to see what uh, Sermon can do in this offense. So the next question is the best position battle, and we kind of talked about this. And then the following question would be the biggest storyline is how is it not the quarterbacks? Like how is it not Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance? Because Seth uh, Wilder of ESPN he said on Tuesday that he doesn't think Jimmy's going to be on the team come week one. And he said, I'll believe it when I see it. And I mean, it's it's a fair point. It always comes back to money where, you know, you don't pay this this amount of money to a player and you don't use that type of draft compensation to move up for a guy just to sit on the bench and just to pay him, I guess, Jimmy to sit on the bench. So I, I understand where he's coming from. I just think it is a little risky to. And I mean, when I say this. It goes back to, you know, you, you still don't have to pay him that much money, but it is risky to enter a season, you know, with a rookie quarterback and with nobody else behind him because Josh Rosen does not qualify as a veteran in my mind. Uh, Nate Sudfield is not somebody that you look over and be like, yeah, that's a guy that I want to. So I understand why they do want somebody who knows Kyle Shanahan's offense, who has success in the NFL, you know, who you know that you can win with. Um, but again, what do you think about that? You know, is there another storyline that we are missing outside of the quarterbacks? Nope. That's the main one. And it's the one that's got everyone talking. It's the one that has everyone dissecting quotes. It's the one that everyone's going to look for any clues to see who the starter is going to be. And it starts at training camp with practice. And you mentioned it in your article, right? Uh, Jim Garoppolo turns over the ball immediately. Trey Lance camp is going to be excited. If Trey Lance has a slow few days and the Jim Garoppolo camp is going to be excited, then I'm not trying to pit the two sides against each other, but I think it's just going to be a you know, really interesting to monitor that storyline. Um, I do think on the Seth Waldron point that um, Houston may be, a, you know, uh, a team to watch. Obviously, Deshaun Watson still requested a trade. Does Houston actually move him before the season starts? If they do, would Nick Casario then turn around and make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo? Do the 49ers feel confident as camp and preseason progresses that uh, Trey Lance could be the starter for a playoff contending team, which Kyle Shanahan seemed pretty confident that he could be. So long shot, right? We're like eight steps away from anything happening. I, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team this season uh, for the entirety. I don't know if he plays the entire season, but I think he'll be on the team. But I think that 
is kind of the angle that Seth Walder was pushing towards when he said that. So it's dinosaur thinking to say that a rookie can't lead because you're not, you're ignoring a lot. You're ignoring what the 49ers have on defense. You're ignoring what Lance is surrounded by. So the 49ers are going to have like a top five offensive line this season. And when you have a top five offensive line with the speed that they have on the perimeter and a running back with the weapons that they have. So they're not just fast. They're actually good at football too, which matters. So knowing all of that, knowing that you're going to have probably a top five defense as well. It's hard to imagine, or it's not fair to pit Lance and say that, oh, well, he's a rookie thinking because most rookies walk into situations where they're not, they're nowhere near. Like think about the Jets and Robert Sala took that job knowing that it's going to be more of a rebuild. Zach Wilson's scenario, Trevor Lawrence's scenario is nothing like Trey Lance. So uh, I don't really like when people say, well, rookies obviously don't win a Super Bowl is a big thing. But um, the fact that the saying that he can't win a playoff game is short sighted and you're ignoring the progression that he would have all season. He's not going to like if he, Trey Lance does start a game for the 49ers this year in the playoffs. That's not going to be his first start. He's probably going to have two to three hundred at least uh, throws under his belt. So, yeah, it's you're missing a lot of points and not you specifically, but the, the fans, whoever is saying this is just missing a lot of context when they say this. Um, what is the most under the radar storyline? Uh, I think it is the offensive line. I think it's how much they've improved going from, you know, a guy who was in the AAF to Alex Mack, who is a really, really good football player and never misses time. So they not only upgraded at center and right guard, they got durable guys. And those guys are going to be able to help Mike McGlinchey and Lakin Tomlinson sandwiched in between two veterans is going to be big. And then you have Trent Williams, who is a year removed from what he had to go through in 2019. There's no quote-unquote rust, which he showed a lot of rust last year, as you could tell. Um, yeah, they're going to be stars, man. I think they're going to be very good. They're going to be able to run the ball. I mentioned how they're going to be able to play bully ball. That's going to go a long way. So everything's going to be easy for whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. I think life is going to be so much easier for them, even compared to 2019. And and that's why this team has a chance to be special. What do, what do you think is the the underrated story? I think I don't think not enough people are talking about last year's first round picks, Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw. I feel like those guys are just getting forgotten about a little bit, and understandably so. That's what happens when you draft a quarterback at number three overall, and the team makes you know improvements in other ways. But Brandon Ayuk, like, how is he going to look in year two? He looked fantastic towards the end of last season um he looks like he's just been working this off season and uh i think the expectations are sky high for him so what does he bring to the field javon kinlaw i know he's been in santa clara he's been at the facility basically all off season uh if you follow him on social media you know what his day-to-day routine is like usually and so how does he step up right he showed a lot of flashes but the team's going to need him to take a leap in order for that defensive line to be good so i think that storyline to monitor as training camp goes like, are the stories going to come out where Brandon Ayuk just dominated Jason Brett or Javon Kinlaw just took Alex Mack uh, right into Jimmy Garoppolo's lap? You know, those type stories uh, would love to see. And that would only further validate the 49ers' decision to move from DeForest Buckner, get that first-round pick, take Javon Kinlaw, and then use that trade back and then trade back up to go get Brandon Ayuk. All of those things are intertwined. And so I'm interested to see how those two guys – step up in 2021 uh, after, you know, good rookie seasons for the both of them. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And I think not enough attention has gone to Ken Law. We've we've talked to nauseum about Ayuk. Everybody knows he's going to be a star. But Ken Law kind of talked about, you know, he wasn't in the building last offseason. He didn't have a chance to be around the players and work out with the team. So now that he has that and Nick Bosa, which always, always matters. Um, yeah, I, I imagine he's going to take a step forward in a big way. Uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on him and say he's going to have like eight or ten sacks, but he's just going to be far more productive and just to be able to have one-on-ones, to be able to you know have more of a plan. So, yeah, when you say watch him do this in practice or, hey, whoa, Kinlaw didn't do – he didn't look like that last year. I think that'll be a great sign for the team. So um, the battles in training camp and outside of quarterback, like Trent Williams versus Nick Bosa is going to be unreal to watch. I cannot wait to watch that. Fred Warner versus George Kittle. Uh, obviously, Verrett versus Debo and Brandon Aig. Like the battles in this camp, the this talent, the stars on this team is going to be very fun to watch. Cannot wait. Um, I'm taking off Friday night. I will be able to watch the training camp practices for the next week. So um, if you do, we are going to go live, hopefully a couple of times. We will let you guys know. Please uh, tune in to Niners Nation, wherever it is you get your podcast. We're going to go live on our YouTube channel. So go to Niners Nation uh, YouTube and we will be able to have some content up there for you as well. Please check out the site. Leave us a five star review wherever it is you get your podcast and uh, we're back man football's here and before you know it week one will be here and we will be rolling man so cannot wait uh please follow me on twitter kp underscore show i'm going to try to provide as many updates as i can for you from the team will it be traditional probably not because i'm going to make fun of any and everybody but it'll be fun it's entertaining man we're talking about football this is not life or death it's not serious we can have fun with it akash where can we follow you? You said it perfectly. We're back and training camp's underway. We've got KP boots on the ground next week. So we're going to get all the inside stories. Like Grant Cohn said, leave what you see, not what you hear. So hopefully we'll get all the juicy nuggets from training camp through KP. You can follow me at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. That's episode 50. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who subscribes to the Niners Nation Podcast Network who listens to the Shannon Plan follows us gives us uh you know ratings reviews all that fun stuff continue to do that we will continue to provide these takes on here and like you mentioned also subscribe to niners nation on youtube we will be going live hopefully a couple times uh as we get interesting stories out of training camp but we are back go niners